welcome back to Ahead of the Curve, the scoliosis experience. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teed. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the connection between breath and spinal health. In this episode, I'm going to help you understand how to get a handle on the way that you're breathing and why that is so essential to having a healthy spine, especially with scoliosis. There's something that I like to ask my my clients when we begin working together that is kind of a trend for people who have scoliosis. And that question is, do you notice that you tend to yawn and sigh a lot throughout the day? And a lot of people say yes. And the reason that happens when you have scoliosis It's because you're not taking very full breaths throughout the day. And that's either because of the way that you're positioning yourself. um, That could be just the nature of the curve that you have. If you have more of a thoracic curve an upper back curve, it tends to affect the um, expansion of your lungs and your ribs. So people with scoliosis, they tend to live in a state of hyperventilation throughout the day because they're only taking really short, shallow breaths. So uh, we're going to go through an exer- a few demonstrations, few exercises together just to observe and make note of what are you doing um, with your breathing? Are you getting nice, full, expansive breaths or are you taking more shallow breaths? So first thing I'd like you to do, I'd like you to put one hand onto your chest and then the other hand onto your belly and just sit here. We're going to sit here for one minute and I want you to observe what's happening Um Notice if your chest hand is moving more or if your belly hand is moving more as you take your breaths. If you're driving, please don't do this exercise. And it's interesting because a lot of times as we do observation exercises like this, kind of naturally change the way that you're breathing. Okay. So For me, I noticed more movement happening through my belly hand than my chest hand. And you should be having about 80% of that expansion happening at the belly hand, which is more your diaphragm and about 20% coming from the chest hand, which is those smaller um, accessory muscles that help with breathing. So next, I'm going to have you do the same thing, and I want you to notice how long, kind of count how long your inhales and exhales are. 
This is something that I'll have my client, they'll just be laying on the table or on the floor for in a virtual session. And I just observe them before I say anything. And a lot of times I notice that their breaths are pretty shallow and short. So there may be only a couple seconds in length on the inhale and exhale. And then um, the next thing I'm going to have you do Lots of, lots of little, uh, observation exercises today. I like for you to get into a really slouched position and I want you to try to inhale for six counts and exhale for six counts. We'll try this about three to five times. kind of notice was that challenging to do was it easy to do and now we're going to sit up nice and tall find some balance underneath both of your sitting bones try and lift your rib cage away from the tops of the hips and we're going to do the same thing inhaling for six counts and exhaling for six counts And kind of just notice there what happened. So was it pretty easy in comparison, sitting up taller versus slouch? I would assume, yes, that is the case. So that's just one way that your breath has an impact on your spinal health. So if you are slouching and all compressed, it's really hard for you to get a more expansive breath, but if you're sitting up in a nice tall lengthened posture, it's a lot easier to get more of an expansive breath. Now, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what makes up the core canister. So there are certain, there's four sets of muscles that make up the core canister and the core canister helps to support and stabilize your spine. So without one of those areas working pro properly or in unison with the other three, you're going to have imbalances and destabilization. I hate saying that. That's really kind of a, a fear-based word. You're not actually going to destabilize your spine. Something else will jump in to help support, but Optimally, we want those four structures to be working in unison with each other. So the, the four structures that I'm talking about, you have your diaphragm that sits on top of the canister, and that's right below your rib cage or inside your rib cage. And then in the front of the canister, you have these deep abdominal muscles called your transverse abdominus. And that is the deepest layer of your core. These muscles 
Um, they turn on automatically when you are getting a nice full deep exhale. So if you press your fingertips into your abdomen and find a nice full inhale, and then on the exhale, at the very end of the exhale, you'll feel those muscles turn on underneath of your fingertips. So it's like a very firm fascia sheet, fascial sheath kind of tighten up underneath of your fingertips there. So those are your transverse abdominis. And when we're getting the fullest breath possible, you see how it's helping to turn that those muscles on. And then in the back, you have your multifidus muscles. So those make up the back of the core canister. Those are the deepest layer of your back muscles. And they also will turn on, they'll turn on a little bit more with your inhale, finding that nice deep inhale. And you kind of press into the back of those muscles and you'll feel them turn on on your inhale. You can also feel them if you just walk around and press your fingertips into there, you'll feel them turn on in anticipation for you taking your next step. It's kind of neat to feel those. And then at the bottom of your core canister is your pelvic floor. And that works kind of like a jellyfish in opposition to your diaphragm. So as the diaphragm lifts, the pelvic floor drops. And then as the diaphragm lowers, the pelvic floor lifts and they help to pressurize the inside of your core, which gives you support and stability. So I know that got a little heady <laughs> and technical there, but um, it's really important information when you're beginning to learn about breath work and learn why it's so important to your spinal health to have more expansive breaths instead of the very shallow breaths. You're not getting the great, greatest benefit and the greatest support of all those structures. If you're sitting and you're chest breathing and you're taking really shallow breaths. So, um, <clears throat> the, the next thing I'd like to have you visualize is the uh, sail of a sailboat. So this is something that I like to have people think about when we're beginning some scoliosis specific work together. If you have the sail of a sailboat and I have my um, theraband here as kind of a demo and you have a wrinkle or a twist in that sail and it's not pull, fully pulled taut and, and lengthened and expanded, that your sailboat is not going to go where it's supposed to go. So we wanna make sure when we're beginning that breath work and um, you are, learning your scully corrections that you are in the most lengthened position possible, the most corrected position possible, because once you're there, your breath is able to go where it needs to go. I, I learned this um, visualization in my Schroth work with Meredith Weiss, and 
I thought it was such a great visual that, you know, just explained, okay, well, we don't have to focus so much on breathing here and not breathing there, which can get really confusing and frustrating for people. Um, when you're in your best alignment, when you're most lengthened and elongated, your breath is going to be able to go where it needs to go. The other visual that she gave was the canvas of a painter. So when you have that canvas, it's stretched out to all four corners of the frame. But if you have one corner, that is a little bit bunched up and it's not pulled perfectly tight. When you go and you put your paintbrush on that canvas, the paint doesn't end up going where it needs to go. So that's, you know, just another way to think about it when we're working on this really specific and special breathing. And then um, the, the next thing we're going to do is kind of some shroth breathing. So this is expansive breathing. <clears throat> and when we do this breathing, we don't let all the air out on our exhales. The reason for that is if you think about when you are blowing up a ball or blowing up a balloon, when you blow air into that ball or balloon, you don't release and let all the air out in between. You kind of pinch it off and you maintain and try and keep the air in there that you already blew into that ball or balloon. And then you go and you blow even more up and it helps to expand that ball or balloon further and further and further. And it takes the wrinkles out. It takes the divots out and the concavities and it works the same way with our bodies, our scoli bodies, when we're doing this expansive breathing. So what we're going to do, we're going to sit with our feet planted on the floor. And I'd like you to take your hands and you're going to cup the sides of your rib cage. Find balance underneath both sitting bones and kind of tuck the hips under, sit behind the sitting bones, and then tip the hips forward, and then try and settle your weight in between those two extremes. So you're not sitting behind the sitting bones, you're not sitting in front of them, you're sitting right on top. And then next, I want you to try and get your rib cage stacked over top of your pelvis and lengthen that rib cage away from your hips. And you're going to inhale 50% of your capacity, front, back, side, side, top to bottom breath, and then exhale 50% capacity without slumping back down, sinking back down in on yourself. And now we're going to inhale 60% capacity. And exhale. And we're inhaling and exhaling through the nose right now. Inhale 70% capacity. And 
and exhale. Inhale 80% capacity. And exhale. Inhale 90% capacity, front to back, side to side, top to bottom breath. So we're expanding, opening every single direction of that canister and exhale. Now five times we're going to do 100% capacity and we're not letting all the air out in between. So we're doing a shh breath on the exhale. So inhale, 100% capacity. And exhale, four, three, two, one, pause, hold, maintain. Four more times, inhale, 100% capacity, front to back, side to side, top to bottom breath. And exhale, upward, outward, forward, backward, pause, hold, maintain. Inhale, 100% capacity. And exhale, upward, outward, forward, backward, pause, hold, maintain. Two more times, 100% capacity. And exhale, upward, outward, forward, backward, pause, hold, maintain. Don't let all the air out of that balloon. And last time, 100% capacity, filling up all the hollow spaces. And exhale, upward, outward, forward, backward, and relax. So that form of breathing, we tend to do initially laying on your back using your scolio wedges um, because it's your most relaxed position that you can be in. And over time with repetition, with practice, you'll notice how it helps to derotate your spine. So you, you'll notice that the symmetry, if you look at yourself from the side, you won't see as much of a prominence in your rib cage because your breath has helped to derotate those vertebrae um, and acted as a stabilizer of your spine. So it's really, really cool stuff. I know this got kind of nitty gritty and um a little bit into the details, but I really love this stuff. This is an essential tenant to corrective exercise with scoliosis. Um, I do this a lot with my clients on a daily basis. It's in their home exercise routines, and it's really what creates a lot of change in your body. And that's why breath is so essential to your spinal health. I hope that you learned something today. If you um, aren't a scully yourself, share this with someone who has scoliosis or has a spinal condition that creates a lot of pain for them. Learning how to breathe properly can help to calm down that nervous system. It helps with pain. It helps with strength. And it just gives you a lot of support and stability. 
Um, if you are interested in learning more about what it looks like to work together on your scoliosis, you can schedule a free discovery call with me in the link below. We'll talk about um, what your goals are, what is your situation with your scoliosis. And then if it's a good fit, I'll take a few minutes to explain about how I help people. Um, but if it isn't a good fit, my goal is to help point you in the right direction so that you can get the help that you truly need and are looking for. Have a great rest of your day and I will catch you next week.